Hi everyone, good evening. Charlotte here from Enriching Environments. I'm so sorry I have been delayed this evening. My internet connection was being really funny so I had to reboot everything and now we are in. So thank you so much for joining me everybody. I can see you coming on now and this evening we... Hi Heta! Good evening um, to everyone who's coming on. And this evening we are going to hire Secret Lab. We're going to be talking about um, carpentry, woodworking and DIY with young children. And it's really interesting because the um, video that I posted of Harry and Olivia, or particularly Harry in the workshop yesterday, it's already had 450 views. So it's my most watched um, video in the shortest space of time. It's sort of been there, I think it's 24 hours, less than 24 hours. So it's really, really interesting and I've had lots of comments on there and lots of DMs about it. So I think it's something that's really, really of interest to people. And it's a really important subject as well, woodworking, carpentry, DIY. It's um, really important, uh, particularly for young or starting with young children. It's, it's important for all of us, actually all ages, but it's really important to start it early. Um, for lots and lots of reasons that I'm going to go through in this live. But um, what's really interesting to note is that there was definitely a, it used to be really, really popular um, a couple of decades ago, maybe, it's not a couple of decades ago, 50s, 60s, 70s. And then because of fears of litigation and health and safety and what have you, hi Tanya, um, it really, uh, it really diminished, you know, people weren't um, doing it as much. People were too scared about doing it in early childhood settings. People were too scared about doing it at home. Woodworking and carpentry sort of camps and extracurricular activities were stopped um, because people were really, really worried about the health and safety aspect of it and litigation, what have you. And um, from what I've seen a lot, and there's a lot of uh, resurgence of it in the UK, actually, in early childhood settings as well. And for anyone who's familiar with Montessori, um, this idea of young children doing carpentry, woodworking, DIY, will not be a new concept at all. Every CASA that I've worked in, every CASA that I've been to um, all around the world has got, and CASA is a three to six age group, if you're not familiar with the Montessori terms, um, has got uh, an area for woodworking, for DIY, for all of those um, skills. But it's great that it's been seen in a more mainstream setting as well. So, um, in preparation for this live, I just jotted down as many reasons as I could think of for um, setting up a workshop at home. This is a really simple workshop and I'll go through in a bit um, what, I, what I did and how I did it. But um, I set, jotted down some reasons of why to put, um, set up a workshop for this type of simple carpentry, simple work, woodworking at home. And I think I wrote down 15 without even really thinking. So, let's go through them now. Hi everyone who's joining. So, um, uh, cognitive development, so doing anything with um, sawing, hammering, screwing, drilling, um, measuring, sanding, um, and these, all of these reasons or um, why it's so valuable, they're not in any particular order, this is literally just my brain explosion of why it's so valuable. So, um, cognitive development, so cognitive is brain, intellectual development, problem solving. So, um, when we are, or our child is hammering, screwing, sawing, sanding, they're using problem-solving skills. No one is 
hopefully telling them what to do. They have to work out how, the, how, how they're going to get the nail in the piece of wood. They have to work out how they're going to screw, what, which way they turn the screwdriver to screw in the screw and which way to unscrew. You see what I mean? This, so this cognitive skills, the intellectual skills are being used straight away when you're doing any type of woodworking, carpentry, working with the hands. Um, uh, for, Dr, for Dr. Montessori and anyone who's familiar with Montessori terms, the hand is the pathway to the brain. We want children, particularly young children, to be doing everything possible, um, as much as is possible, with their hands. They learn by doing. Words do not teach young children. Words don't really teach anyone, right? Role modeling. But words do not teach. Actions teach. What we do is more powerful than what we say to children. And so thus, what they do is much more powerful than what we do for them. So if we can, and I'll come to this point a bit later, but let's, let's delve into it a little bit now straight away. When we can show them this trust, and it's a deep level of trust. Hi, Sam, I've just seen you join. Hi, new Montessori mom. Hi, Ines. Um, when we can show them this deep level of trust that when they are doing something which they're going to need to ascertain the level of safety, they're going to have to discern for themselves um, how they keep themselves safe, how they keep others safe. Um, they're going to have to do their own risk assessment, their own health and safety assessment whilst they're doing it. And this is young children, hey. That is a really powerful message of trust that, that we are sending them when obviously we're close by. This is, this is you know, us observing. This is us collaborating but stepping back a bit. This is not us setting them up and leaving them to, to their own devices unless they're older. You know, I can do that with Olivia and Harry because they know the drill and they know, they know what's going on. But... With young children, you're close by, you're observing, um, you're telling them the parameters of how they keep themselves and others safe, and then um, and then you're stepping back and you're observing, so you're so you're making sure that everyone's following the ground rules. So um, why else is it so valuable? Fine and gross motor skills. Oh my goodness! In woodworking, wood shop, um, workshop, carpentry, DIY, so many delicious gross and fine motor skills. So. The screwing in, the um, hammering, the working out where to put, holding the screw whilst you're screwing it in, you know, initially. Um, sawing is an amazing grow, um, gross motor skill. Sanding, we've got a sanding block and the children just go up and down the plank of wood, sanding. This also um, is really, really important to note. There's a lot of things that will, um, in DIY and woodworking carpentry, that will cross the midline. And as you probably know, crossing the midline exercises, activities that cross the midline are really, really important because they balance out the left and right brain hemispheres. Meditation also does this. As you'll know if you've um, followed my other post about the importance of meditation. So um, crossing the midline is so important, particularly in young children. And because we're all more sedentary, children are more sedentary. They're having more screen time the importance of these full body experiences, gross motor skills, as well as fine motor skills. Fine motor skills are really, really important and pencil grip is really, really important. But later, reading and writing in academia is later, much, much later. We don't need to worry about that in the preschool years because you're, you cannot have fine motor without gross motor. Movement is the key to all cognition. So um, 
the different areas of the brain that are needed in order to learn academically um, can only be or are switched on by the full body movements, the gross motor skills that are employed in the early years. And so um, having our children in a setting where they're expected to sit down and be quiet is completely insane. Better get them outside, um, or if you don't have an outdoor area, get them inside whittling, get them inside sawing something, hammering something. And you don't need a, a large um, area to do this. You know, in, for example, in Montessori settings, Montessori classrooms, it's a small block of wood with a, ha a small hammer and nails or for screwing in, you know, um, that little Allen key screws and an Allen key. You don't need a big area. You don't even need an outdoor space to do that. I mean, we don't have a garden, but we have a terrace. So our woodworking section is on the terrace. But you don't need an outdoor space to do this or a huge garden, loads of space. You don't need it at all. And it's very inexpensive as well. And that's the other thing to say. So gross and fine motor, I mean, it goes without saying how many amazing skills that are being used in gross and fine motor when you're doing this type of woodworking. Um, Hand-eye coordination, of course, you know, you've got to really work hard and that plays into the next one, concentration. You've got to really concentrate to not hammer your thumb instead of the nail. Um, we've all done it, I'm sure, when we're trying to fix a picture or a mirror or something. So young children, they really need to concentrate. You know, we often are really... Um, focused and directed in the things we do with our children because we want them to have good concentration but actually best to give them something which engages all of their concentration all of their senses you can't you know mess around when you've got a hammer in your hand right they have to engage everything they have to focus they have to concentrate so that's why it's so beautiful also if we're talking about um engaging all of the senses go into nature that's the other thing that engages all of the senses like nothing else um, uh, patience, you know, we need a lot of patience, children need a lot of patience. If you want to sand a piece of wood until it's smooth, that needs a lot of patience. If you want to ha hammer a long nail in, that takes patience. All of these things are these, um, I think they're called soft skills, aren't they, in child development terms in the UK. All of these soft skills that um, we want to um, imbue in our children and sometimes we can work overtime trying to do it but these are these are really basic simple activities that we can do to improve concentration and focus and um, patience without even without us realizing do you know what I mean when Olivia and Harry are in the workshop um, and I should say Olivia and Harry are Olivia's six and a half and Harry's six uh, sorry Harry's four um, I set up the workshop last year so during lockdown actually so harry had just turned three and olivia was five and a half that's when we set it up but in retrospect i could have set it up sooner i was a bit uh, a bit earlier i was a bit late to the party with it setting up but i could have done it probably half a year half a year earlier um what else can i say other benefits of this type of work for children um on my list i have the feeling of achievement if you haven't yet watched the video on my feed of Olivia and Harry in the workshop it's only a minute long for 49 seconds I think then watch it because in the first I think 15 seconds after Hammer, Harry hammers in a nail fully he then looks at the camera I didn't call him he did it himself he looked at his camera and the smile and the pride and someone actually noticed um, uh, and, and put in the comments about it the sense of pride so a child's intrinsic sense of motivation we don't need to praise them when they're doing something like workshop uh, woodworking they don't need praise because their intrinsic sense of 
self-worth, of self-esteem, of self-confidence, of valuing themselves is there when they're working with the material. It's so obvious. That sense of pride you'll see that Harry has when he, um, in himself, when he accomplishes that is absolutely magical. The smile that he looks up and gives me when I'm holding the camera or holding the phone, taking the video thing is so, so magical. So that's that's something that can't be measured, right? The, um, the sense of pride that they have, but it's so, so invaluable. Um, creativity, um, you know, as they get good at woodworking as they get a bit older so it's like from about the age of five six onwards when they're doing things for an outcome rather than just for the process so what's important to note is three to six years old three four five coming to age of six they are um still largely process driven so like harry he will hammer in nails over and over again for no specific reason olivia now is because she's in the six to nine age bracket, she wants to do things more as an outcome. She's no longer pr as process driven as she was before. So this is the reason that a three to six year old child will repeat over and over again without, um, you know, and it seems a bit bizarre to us as adults that they want to pour water over and over again, the same jug of water over and over again. They want to mix over and over again. They want to hammer nails in over and over again. They want to climb up they want to do the slide over and over and over and over again you know they want to read the same book over and over again that's because repetition is where a three to six year old lives that's how they're building you actually see them building their neural pathways constructing their brain before your eyes um and then at six to nine they're more because the, that part of the brain is growing so their capacity for problem solving is growing their capacity to um think of an outcome how they want things to pan out that's growing in the six to nine period so olivia will do things that are more outcome based or she'll have an idea even if she doesn't finish it she will start to have an idea of what she wants to create when she starts when she starts whittling when she starts um sawing something when she starts hammering something there'll be some type of vague outcome in her mind even if she doesn't follow through on that so creativity is amazing. As they get older, you'll see their creativity really, really grows. Um, it's a whole body experience. It's a first-hand um, first experience. They are using all of their senses. You know, when you go into a carpentry workshop and you just smell the smell of that sawn wood, isn't it just amazing? You know, that for a child is really, really magical. We want to give our children full sensorial experiences. We remember that in the first six years of life, they learn with all of their senses. This is a really, really important um, experience, full body sensorial experience for them. Um, what else can I say? Intellectually, so they are, if they're a bit older, they are measuring, you know, have a tape measure in there, um, have a spirit level in there. They are measuring, they are comparing lengths, they are comparing widths, they are um, using numbers, comparing sizes. All of these things are amazing mathematical concepts that they are learning just as they're going along. Woodworking is a bit like, and carpentry or DIY, it's a bit like cooking where it doesn't kind of seem real, but it has so many benefits. Like cooking is, you know, maths, it's science, it's, it's um, creativity, it's engaging all the senses, you know, and woodworking is a bit like that. It feels like we're playing at it, but it's actually immensely valuable. So think of it in that way. It's a bit like cooking, you know, it's using so many skills, um, but in a really non-pressured way. 
Um, what else can we say? Oh, this is a really important one. I mentioned it at the beginning. They experience risk. They experience challenge. They experience um, their own version of health and safety in a workshop. Um, we trust them. We show them that we trust them. And then, then within themselves, that's a really, really powerful feeling to have, that they know that we trust them enough to um, do something that could be quite potentially dangerous unless it's done properly. Um, so there's, that's briefly my 13, is it 13, 15 points that I came up with. Um, what you can start with, if, say you don't have any outdoor space at all, and, um, but you're at a park close by and you go to, one thing you can really start with that's really, really simple is whittling. Um, excuse me, I'm just going to take a sip of water. Whittling. So you can get a really simple, um, pen knife. I got, a uh, Victoria Knox simple Swiss army knife for children. It's just got two things on it. It's got a blade and it's got a bottle opener. Um, and the blade's really sharp, by the way, <laughs> as I know and Harry knows and Olivia knows. Um, and I just taught them really simple whittling, just a stick and then stripping the, you know, peeling the, the bark off. And that is an amazing activity. A three-year-old can do that. What um, we need to do is model how to do it correctly. So I'll very briefly tell you how I model it. They hold the stick, let's pretend this pen is my stick, in one hand, and then they're going to use the blade. You show them where the sharp bit of the blade is, and so that you don't want to touch it because they'll cut themselves. And then you show them how to press downward um, firmly in order to whittle it off. And then your three, four, five-year-old might do a couple of strokes, do it for a couple of minutes, and then leave it. But your six-year-old, your seven-year-old, will probably want to whittle all of the bark off. And then once you're at that stage, then you can talk about shaping things, creating things. They can use their imagination. What do they want to make from it? Um, so whittling is a really, really good place to start. But um, otherwise, as I mentioned, you can get small blocks of wood and have short nails and a small hammer and have that just on your shelf in the home. It doesn't need to be um, a full-on fancy woodworking setup. If you have the means to and the space to buy one of those amazing woodworking benches for children and um, and get all the bits and pieces with it and you, you know you can get a vise or a clamp so they can hold the pieces of wood still then certainly do that but don't let um, a lack of space or a la lack of outdoor area be a, a restraint on this because actually if you don't have an outdoor space if you don't have an outdoor area then your children will definitely need some type of outlet a physical outlet and actually hammering nails into a small piece of wood um you know uh, we got a um, one of the pieces of wood we have is um part of a tree trunk that was from our local park and we just brought it home and that's really really good for hammering nails in it's really really good for practicing sawing you know so um it doesn't need to be complicated. If you have the means and the space to go crazy, go for the whole thing. But don't be put off if you don't have a lot of space and you don't have outdoor area. That's what I don't want to happen. Um, so let's talk about, um, what should we talk about next? Um, let's talk about, if anyone has any questions, just dive in. Let's talk about what tools you can introduce and um, in what order and what age. So. Age-wise, I mean, you're going to know your child, but age-wise, there's no reason that a three-year-old could start this work. A three-year-old who has good impulse control. Um, 
Uh, pleasure, yeah, it's so true. Providing the opportunity is more important than having a great space. I mean, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, you know, and yes, I'm lucky enough to have a really lovely terrace out there, as you saw in the video, but um, I don't have a lot of space, but I try and work with what I have to provide the opportunities because I know that the opportunity is more important than having the perfect, perfect space. Um, and having space in terms of financial space or actual physical space you know um those things are not important if we can just be a little bit um creative with with what we have and then we can make it work for us and for our children so the tools you can introduce things from around the age of three as i say you'll know your child your child um if your child has good impulse control so um, by that I mean, by and large, they are, if they get something, they are, you're able to say to them, you're able to show them and direct them to hold a plate, you know, safely and place a ceramic plate or a ceramic glass, you know, down safely on the table. You're, they're able to drink it from it without flinging it across the room. Do you know what I mean? If they're still in the stage of flinging things across the room, then now would not be the time to start introducing any tools because they don't have the impulse control to um, know when to start and when to stop. And it's not a bad thing. You know, some children um, develop impulse control in certain areas at different stages. It's not right or wrong. Um, I would say that Olivia and Harry have had good impulse control in some areas but not in others but with the workshop they've always managed to follow the rules the the guidelines the boundaries um, and also look at their fine motor skills you know if they are able to um, use tongs when they're serving a salad for example you know at the table or if they can use tongs they can use tweezers um, to pick up things just do a couple of tests you know how are they when they're holding cutlery not that we need their heart cutlery to be perfect it's more just having a look broadly at their hand-eye coordination at their motor skills you know, if they're able to serve themselves with a small pair of tongs you know when you're having a meal or a snack together are you already using a knife with them you know either a, a wooden toddling knife or a metal knife are you using those type of things with them are they able to do things like cut a banana cut some watermelon if they've got these basic skills then they're probably going to be ready for using those tools we're not going to be able to go from a space where they're not used to doing anything autonomously they're not if they're not serving their own food if they're not able to carry ceramic and glass without flinging it I don't mean dropping it because accidents will happen but flinging it and if they are not preparing any of their own food then they're not going to be ready for using tools because they don't have the impulse control yet they don't have the they haven't been given the concentration skills. So if you're in that stage where you're not yet offered anything, it doesn't matter. Just take a few steps back, get them to serve their own food, feed themselves is really, really important. Get them to do basic cooking with you, get them to um, cut their own snack, um, cut fruit, all of those things. So you can start there. And then when you see they've mastered all of these things, then you can move to the workshop. So, um, what to introduce in what order. You know, if you've got the space and you've got a workbench, then give them a clamp and then they can work out how to twist the clamp on and off to clamp a piece of wood on the workbench. That's the first thing. Um, then you can introduce things like, um, what, I, what I did when I bought the things, I just got 
all the tools from the local supermarket uh, or Ace Hardware, which is what we have here in Dubai. And I got a couple of planks of wood and, as I said, a tree trunk from the park from where we used to live. And that's it. It was very, very inexpensive. I didn't spend a lot of money. Um, I don't have the lo uh, a lot of space anyway, as you know, and I didn't want it to be super, super um, expensive. It wasn't in my budget for it to be a huge investment um, financially. So um, just the planks of wood. And the first thing I then introduced was the sander. And it's just a sanding block. And, um, and I just showed them how to go back and forth, back and forth. And as I said earlier, it's crossing the midline. It's a really valuable activity, sanding. Then I introduced um, uh, screwdriver and screws. Um, you know, you can use short screws and then as you get, uh, as they get more practice at it, but you can get longer screws. So it's more of a challenge, but start small. And then again, you can move on to that. And, and assuming that they're, a, that they're managing all of these levels, you can move on to the hammer and nails, small hammer, small nails. They, things to know is that they are going to bash their thumbs sometimes, like we bash our thumbs if we're banging our fingers and pictures. So make sure you've got ice blocks in the freezer, you've got cool packs, um, and and check in yourself, in your body, that you're going to be okay with them bumping themselves and banging themselves. Because if we're not okay and we're going to freak out when it happens, then we're probably not ready to allow our child to do it. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's wrong, but we definitely need to be okay in ourselves before we start doing this type of work. Because if we freak out and are shouting careful or gently or don't do that the whole time, then they're gonna lose concentration, they're gonna lose the value in the activity. It's gonna take away more than it's gonna give. So it's really important that we can get to ourselves in a space where we feel comfortable with what they're doing. Um, you can also introduce pliers, so it's great. The, the pliers would go hand in hand with the nails, right? So they're hammering in the nails and then you can give them a pair of pliers and they can pull the um, nail out again or if you get the claw hammer you know you can use the reverse of the claw hammer to pull the nail out um, then what else you can introduce the last thing to introduce would be or second to last would be the saw and this is again when you are happy that they are using all the other things um, safely correctly they're not messing about with them they're not taking them out of the workshop they're not messing about with their sibling with them it's got to be when um, they are, they you are seeing that they are ready for it from a safety perspective, um, and with those parents, it's always a balance. Hey, is that pushing them a little bit, but then pushing them a little bit, but knowing how to keep them safe at the same time, but allowing them to have that little bit of risk so that they are going to bump their finger occasionally. You know, so they learn how to be safe with themselves, how to keep their own body safe. Um, and boundaries, and someone had asked about boundaries and how we stop um, our child hammering everything else or drilling everything else or sawing everything else. So the process that I explained of introducing tools one by one, that's really, really important. Your boundaries that we have in the, in the workshop are, the tools stay in the workshop area. The tool can only be used for the job for which it was intended in the place that it was intended. So you can't start hammering with a pair of pliers. You can't start sawing the, using a saw on something else. You can't start hammering another piece of table. It's every time bringing it back to, this is a workshop tool, let me show you how we can do this. And honestly, because they feel the energy and the trust that you're putting into it, you're gonna see that they will 
pay you back for this. You will get rewarded for this trust that they have in them, that you have in them, by adhering to the ground rules. And it's and if it's a really really clear rule. And I say at the beginning to Olivia and Harry, um, I said it to them a lot in the beginning, and they don't even question it anymore. But if anyone does anything unsafe, if anyone's pretending to saw the other's head off or hammering a nail into their sibling's hand then we have to stop the workshop and put everything away and that was a really really firm fierce boundary that I started from the beginning that safety is paramount and if anyone is misusing this material then we have to take it away because I don't have a choice because I need to keep you both safe um and uh, I think it's only and it was on a play date when there was other children here it's only once I've had to take it away and say we can't use that and it was the saw we can't use it anymore but by and large it is amazing that because we present these things and we're showing them how to do them one by one and there's an air of excitement, you know, and magic and mystery about it because these are really, really grown up things. You know, if you've had, if you have either someone in the home that does all the DIY, you or your partner, or you have a maintenance um, person who comes in to do the maintenance, they're pretty serious tools that these people are using, you know, whether it's you or your partner or someone else. And it's really exciting to young children, you know, how many times, um, you know, every time there's a maintenance person that comes, every time the air conditioning gets checked, Olivia and Harry are absolutely fascinated. If there's any work going on in the corridor, we live in an apartment, if any work going on in the hallway, they are transfixed. And so there's this air of mystery about tools, isn't there? That, that they, when they get to the stage of using them for themselves, they appreciate that this is a big, big deal. So I really, really have found, and that's the same in the classroom and in the home, that this is one area that children seem to really um, respect the boundaries really, really well. They have no problem respecting the boundaries because it's something they really, really want to do. Um, uh, what else do I say? Introduce the tools one by one, keep them in the workshop area. Obviously, you know, no flailing it around the head. Um, and it's got to, you've got to use the correct tool for the job, as I said before. No playing. You, it, it's not for pretend play. It's you've got to use it for the correct use, or we can't use it anymore. That's basically the uh, the, the rule. Um, and before we, if anyone has any other questions, then please dive in. But before we wrap up, um, another really important piece that I want to share with you about um, this type of work. This um, physical gross motor and fine motor combined and why this is so important for young children is particularly for emotional regulation. I mean crossing the midline as you probably know um, uh, balances left and right hemispheres which calms us down. In terms of emotional regulation, hi Nada how are you? Um, emotional regulation it is so so important because a child can go and uh, can learn what feels good in their body, how do they calm themselves down Olivia and Harry will go onto the terrace and will saw furiously or sand furiously or hammer furiously when they're feeling upset, when they're feeling dysregulated, when they are feeling cross with each other or me and they need to go and calm down. It is such a powerful tool of regulation and if any of you have come on here, I don't know who's come on, have done any of my workshops on emotional regulation, you will remember that I spoke about doing this about... Um, emotional regulation through this type of gross motor work and fine motor work and hand-eye coordination work it is really really important like lots of other things like music and dance and there's so many ways of emotional regulation but this workshop way is a really simple way we can do this at home we don't need to go out to do any classes in it 
they they can do it at home so when they need it they can access it and then the more that they access they can feel in their bodies you know it's something I say a lot to Olivia and Harry what do you feel in your body what is your body telling you that you need when they are crying or whining or they're being crazy it's you know what is your body telling you that you need you know and then you, we can invite them would you like to go on to the workshop uh, onto the workshop you know we obviously cover the bases of, of hungry or thirsty but would you like to go and hammer some nails you're f I can see you're really frustrated with Harry at the moment would you like to go and hammer some nails so they get used to feeling in their body and they know what to do to calm themselves down what an amazing world we are going to be living in because we are raising children in this way now that they are in touch with their bodies and the way they're feeling and they know how to resolve this themselves. They know how to either ask for what they need or they know how to go and get their own needs met for emotional regulation rather than falling into emotional reactivity. And if we're learning, we're teaching this to young children, that is a really, really powerful place to be in because we're not all running around from our emotional reactivity, which is what a lot of us are doing, right? And I know that myself. I re I'm very, I can be a very emotionally reactive, particularly to the children. And my work is to work a lot more on my emotional regulation. And so offering a workshop to young children, and sometimes I go and hammer nails myself right as well. Um, if we can offer the workshop to children as one, just one way, there's lots of different ways, but one way of emotional regulation. Um, and also if we want to talk about the genders, I mean, both Olivia and Harry love it, but boys in particular do, uh, do have, um, from my experience, seem to have this predisposition to want to do DIY and hammering. You know, in my classrooms, I've seen it. And at home, I've seen it. You know, Harry will spend a lot more time in the workshop than Olivia will. Olivia will do other things motor and fine motor things but Harry really really loves he also loves cooking he loves mending things and he loves cooking and he loves soaring things and he also loves pretend play with the little Sylvanian families um, yeah he loves lots of different things but it's really really true that these skills for boys are really really valuable you know from the age of four when they get uh, their first surge of testosterone around the age of four and they are more physical and more aggressive at times. So we we really want to support them in challenging uh, in channeling this. When they are exhibiting challenging behaviour, we don't want to shame them for it. We can say that really simple sentence, I can see your body's trying to tell you something. What is it? Do you know what it is? Or do you want to go and hammer some nails? And then you can work out what your body's trying to tell you. And then they'll come in and tell you what the problem is. And that's what's really, really powerful. Um, so, if you're interested in um, learning more about the preschool age and what children need in this age, I invite you to my really powerful workshop this coming Friday. So Friday the 6th of July, um, no, it's the 6th of July today, right? Friday the 9th of July um, at 11 a.m. is my workshop on preschoolers. And in the preschooler workshop, we cover autonomy, we cover emotions and we cover aggression. Uh, I mean, that's the broad title, but we cover lots of other things. So your preschooler age is really exciting because they have got so many skills now. We've built up their skills in the toddler um, age group. Their impulse control is going to be better in some areas, but they're very, very emotional. And they've started arguing back. Have you noticed they've started arguing back? Have you noticed that their language, they've picked up all types of things in the environment? And have you noticed that they can be... Um, aggressive in some stages because their brain hasn't caught up with the language and all the other things. 
So that's what we're going to talk about, how to give them autonomy, how to help them regulate their emotions and how to channel aggression that sometimes can come in in this time. That is a really powerful workshop that is going on Friday morning, 11 a.m. Gulf Standard Time, Friday 9th of July. If you'd like to join, just click um, onto my website, enrichingenvironments.com forward slash shop, and you can sign up there. Also on Friday morning, my first workshop is emotional regulation for parents and caregivers. We're going to be talking about different ways that we as parents and caregivers can look after ourselves, how we can um, regulate in the heat of the moment and how we need a bigger picture of self-care to look after ourselves. And that includes um, breath work, that includes meditation, that includes time in nature, that includes um, our own creative outlets as well. So um, there's two workshops to get you thinking please go to enrichingenvironments.com forward slash shop for those. I'm going to put them on my feed as well so you can click the link in bio. Um, for this evening, thank you so much for joining me, everyone. We had loads of people come in. Thank you for all of your input. If you have any other questions, as ever, do not hesitate to DM me or you can pop comments on this live. This will go up tomorrow morning as a recording. And um, thanks so much for joining me, everyone. And I hope you've given lots, I've given you lots and lots of full, uh, food for thought. Just keep it simple um, on the workshop. It doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't need to be big. You don't need to have an outdoor space. Um, and it's so good for your children in so many ways and areas of development. Thanks so much for joining me. Enrichingenvironments.com is my website. My podcast is on um, my website. It's on YouTube. It's on IGTV and it's on Spotify as well. Enriching, the Enriching Environments podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to seeing you all soon. Take care, have a beautiful evening. Bye-bye.